and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today I will be talking about Children of Ragnarok by Cinda Williams Chima, which is a YA fantasy novel inspired by Norse mythology where it takes place 1,000 years after Ragnarok and magic is disappearing from this Norse-inspired world. And what are we going to do about it? And that is what this book is all about. So before we get into it, I must tell you that Cinda Williams Chima is one of my favorite authors of all time because she wrote my favorite fantasy series, The Seven Realms series. It is so underrated, criminally underrated, you guys. I never, ever, ever hear anybody talking about it. And it's very upsetting. I read this series for the first time. Actually, I must have been in middle school because I remember distinctly, pretty sure I was in eighth grade when the last book came out. And I stayed up all night, not really all night, but I stayed up at least an hour or two after I was supposed to go to bed to finish it. And then I immediately read it again because, you know, since I did that, I didn't remember how it ended very well. So I had to read it a second time. But anyways, I love that series. It's one of my all-time favorites. The last time I read it was probably four to five years ago, which is like honestly a crime. I should read it again soon. But then it's so hard now that I do this and I get I do book of the month and other stuff and I, I'm constantly getting new books. I don't have as much time to reread. But anyways, so I love Cinda Williams Chima, Seven Realm series. I'm telling you guys, you need to read it. The first book is called The Demon King. It will change your life. It's so good. I love it. So there's that. But the first series I read was actually her first series, which was the Warrior Air Chronicles. The first book's, or it's called The Air Chronicles. The first book's called The Warrior Air, and I really liked that book a lot. And I read the rest of the series. The first book is definitely the best. And then after she added two more books to the Air Chronicle series, she wrote the Shattered Realm series, which takes place about probably 30 years after the end of the Seven Realm series. And there's not going to be any spoilers here, but I DNF that first book because something happened in the first probably 50 to 100 pages that made me so upset. And since then, I've just been waiting for her to finish that series and start something new because I don't think I could ever read the Shadowed Realm series, which is honestly very frustrating. Also, on another note, somebody please turn the Seven Realms series into a TV show. I would give you all my money to do it, honestly. Anyway, so then when I was home over Christmas, my brother went and told me that this book existed and he had bought it. And my brother has read the Air Chronicles series, but not the Seven Realms series, which, what is he doing? But anyways, so he lent it to me so I could read it first because he's in college and busy with his life. So I'm the first of the two of us to read it. And I'm here to talk to you all about it today. So with that, I guess I should get in. Now you have some background, right? And I'm going to talk a little bit about similarities in plot structure and the discussion section later on but I won't be spoiling any other, I mean, I'm going to be spoiling this book, so here you go, here's your spoiler warning right now. If you don't want Children of Ragnarok to be spoiled, stop here, go read the book. I would recommend it, I enjoyed it, I'm excited to continue on with the series, and uh, come back and then listen to this episode. Um, And yeah, I'm not going to spoil the other books because that would be rude of me. 
And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I don't think so. So let's just get into the plot summary. So I already told you it's a thousand world, a, a thousand worlds, a thousand years after Ragnarok and all the gods died. But there's this story that they will like meet again on this island called Ithaval. Ithaval. Yeah. So basically that's the meeting place of the gods. So one day they're all going to congregate there again, supposedly, but we don't really know. And so it's a thousand years later and after the gods died, basically like magic users were sort of, um, I guess persecuted, I guess. I'm not, I can't remember if that's actually what happened, but there's, yeah, I think that's basically what happened. And then I'm telling you a little bit like that of stuff that you find out later in the book, but for purposes of setting the summary up, makes sense for me to tell you now. So like after all of that happened, there were these word spinners, which are basically like magic users. And they took like, all of them left the mainland. Well, I guess it, it, the island, that Muckleholm, which is like this island. It's the Norse island, right? There's like other islands. Like there's a fake France and a fake Africa and a fake Britain, but we don't like really see them, but like we hear about them. And so anyway, so they like leave and they go and form this place called New Jotunheim, which so it, I, I don't know how familiar with you are with Norse mythology, but basically there was this idea that there's nine worlds. And so Midgard, that's the one that humans live on. And then Jotunheim, that was like in my, I thought that's where the giants lived. But in this book, it was the land of creative chaos and freedom. And there's like some explanations right at the beginning of the book. Although I will say there's not, there is not a um, pronunciation guide, which is very unfortunate because there's a lot of words that I just don't know how to say. So I apologize in advance uh, for my butchering of these different things. And then like Asgard, that was the world of the Asir gods. And then Jotunheim, there was like the other gods, like the Jotun, Jotum, whatever. I thought they were giants, but I guess we're saying, oh no, Vanaheim, that's the original home of the Vanir gods. And that becomes relevant later on that there's two types of gods. One are like the warrior type and one is more of like, um, I don't want to say healing, but like uh, nurturing type almost. Like, uh, so basically we have two main characters, Eric and Regan. And Eric is, um, his dad is like the warrior, like descended from like the warrior Asir gods. And his grandfather's descended from the like veneer gods. So at one point his mom says like, at some point you're going to have to pick your path of which one you want to follow and make sure you choose wisely, basically. And I'm pretty sure that's going to become more important in the following books, not necessarily in this one. So anyway, so these people left um, and they formed this place, New Jotunheim, where they like created a school. And so every like once or twice a year, they go back to Muckleholm and they like gather up young children who show signs of magic and bring them there to like teach them and have like a safe haven basically. So anyway, so we've got Eric and Raven, Raven, not Raven, Reagan. Sorry, I've been watching The Circle. So Raven's just like stuck in my head. Loved Raven though on The Circle. Um, The Circle's great, you guys all should watch it. It makes me not be able to sleep at night because I think about it so intensely. But that is not what we're here to talk about today. Anyway, so Eric, he, like I said, his family is like, has this farm called Sunhaven or something like that. And then his dad and grandfather are like basically Vikings. They like go out during like the spring summer months and like, you know, do the Viking thing and come home with stuff. And then he, he has his mom 
And so, like, at the beginning of the book, it's set, like, I don't know, like, seven or ten years prior, and his dad and grandfather come back with a young girl who's, I think, she's nine and Eric's, like, five or something like that, and they brought her back from, and I see then the other islands, like, Emmy Harja or something like that, I don't know, basically from New Jotunheim, and... The dad's like, this is your half-sister, Liv. And she's like, no, my name is Hayden, which from the, like, beginning section of the book that tells you, like, the myth, Hayden was, like, this goddess who, like, brought magic and then the other gods, like, tried to kill her three times or something like that. I don't really know. So anyways, she's like, no, I'm Hayden. They're like, no, you're Liv here. And she ends up staying and, like, living with them. But Eric's mom is like, you have to give me the her pendant and like your your like pendant also so the sunstone and Liv's pendant the mom takes and hides so then we flash forward to the present and Eric's dad dies and then his mom gets remarried to this guy whose name I forgot and he's horrible and so she like divorces him but he won't leave because he wants the farm because it's the most successful farm in basically the entire country and everybody else is like because magic's gone like the world is suffering things like don't grow very well there's not like basically everybody's like poor and um hungry like literally almost everybody except for the jarls so it's like not great right and so the mom gets pregnant she has the son named ivar but he has like spasm so basically in like old norse like culture if you didn't want to accept this your baby the dad had like nine days or something like that and they could like leave them out in the forest to be reclaimed by the gods or whatever so the stepdad tries to do that and then the mom goes out after the baby because she doesn't want her child to die obviously and then she ends up freezing to death because it's like the middle of winter and Eric finds his mom and finds his brother like still alive so then the stepdad's also trying to kill Eric so he can inherit the farm And so Eric is fighting back against the stepdad and then his sister Liv ends up being the one to kill him because Eric's like almost about to die. And so then basically the stepdad's family is like super powerful. So they're putting him on trial at The Thing. That's what it's called. Three months from now. So then we have Reagan. Reagan is a thrall, which is basically a slave. And she has been like when she was little, she was raised by this uh, woman named Tove who taught her how to like use magic and the magical runes and stuff like that and so then she was bought by this fire demon named Algor Elder Asgur Elder and he basically like makes her go around and like do her little shows and taverns and whatever and then he when he touches her he like sucks her magic out of her so anyway so she's doing the show and on the last night they always have somebody fake die so Asgur Elder will put a like a pendant on them that makes it look like they die and she'll take it off and pretend that she resurrects them but this night he's nowhere to be found and somebody actually does die and when that happens she like brings him back to life and he used to be a thrall but anyways all this different stuff happens and when she does that there are these two women there who are spinners from New Jotunheim and they basically um approach her and are like hey come back with us the one woman does the younger one does And she's like, well, I'm a thrall. I can't go. And she's like, well, where I bring you, he'll never be able to get you, basically. And then the next day, Asgur Elder still hasn't shown up. So Reagan like, is kicked out, obviously, because she lost the, like, bar, the tavern guy, his slave. And so she goes somewhere else. And her and Eric meet for the first time in 
basically the only time until the very end of the book. And Asgard Aldo shows up and is like attacking her and then he attacks him, blah, blah, blah. He disappears, but like basically Reagan heals Eric from like the burns from fighting him and they kiss and they have like a moment, but then he has to go. And then Asgard Aldo sets the place on fire because he thinks Eric's in there and he wants revenge. Anyway, so then he like puts Reagan on this boat and she almost dies, but then she escapes and gets on the boat with the spinners and goes to New Jotunheim. And so then she shows up there and basically everybody goes when they're a child, when they're children, but she is 16 or something like that. So she's much older and she's like in paradise and she's like learning and there they're like, you could have many gifts, but they cultivate one of them. And then they have these people called the Bondi who are basically servants, but you know, so she's like learning and she doesn't know how to read or write. So she's sent to like try and work with this one elder whose name I forgot uh, I think it started with an E and he won't help her. But then there's this like little girl, I've little like this teenage girl in there who's like, I'll help you, but you have to carve this rune into your body for me to help you. And she's like, I don't know. And she's like, uh, you got, it. you're going to do it. So she does. And then this girl who she says, you can call me Musa, Musa helps her learn how to read and write and gives her pages of the diary of the founder of, uh, the Grove, which is like the school in this place that's in New Jotunheim. And as she's reading it, she's like uncovering secrets. And also the um, Musa is like, don't let people know you know the runes of magic because nobody there knows them. So that's kind of sus. So you're like, you, they're the magic users, but they don't know runes. But Reagan does. The other thing that's sus is Mother, Ty Mother Tyra, who is like the headmistress head of the school and the one who brought Reagan there. She's like, I have mind magic, which basically she is like, I can put, when the children come here, I like teach them how to read and write by just influencing their minds. But she also erases or tries to erase all of Reagan's memories from the time before she got there. It doesn't work that well, but after that, I don't trust this girl at all because she was brainwashing her, obviously. So then we go over to Eric, so Eric, um, so the thing happens and this Jarl shows up and he's like, I will pay the price so you don't die. Um, but you need to like lead an expedition to go find the grove basically. So all this stuff that happens, blah, blah, blah. He's like, he has to accept because otherwise they're going to kill him. So he's like, okay. And he doesn't want to bring his sister and they're like, nobody's ever been able to find it. But then we find out that the sunstone his mom confiscated from his father is a navigational tool to get there. So basically Liv ends up finding that in her pendant and she's like, I'm coming with you. And Eric's like, you shouldn't. And she's like, nah, I am. And she, then Eric finds Thurston, who's the person that um, uh, Reagan brought back to life at the beginning of the book. But it turns out that he's actually just Asgard Elder disguised as him because Asgard Elder actually killed him. And so they get on the boat and they start the expedition and uh, then they you know, there's like stuff that happens, but then they're almost there and there's this horrible storm and that he gets like knocked off the boat and he gets separated from Liv and Asgard Elder. And uh, Liv's also like revealing that she's like, I'm hiding, like I'm going back to where I'm from. You won't survive there without me, blah, blah, blah. So Eric gets washed up on the shore of Ithenhall uh, and he gets washed up on the side where the gods fought and all died. So like no one's there. He's like, oh, this is weird. So then he finds a military encampment on the other side and he's like, what the heck? So on his way over to the other side, he like crosses this cliff, but he gets caught by the guards and they put him in jail. 
back over to Reagan. So Reagan's like, you know, meeting everybody. She's finding stuff out. And then she's realizing things are not all as they seem. The Bondi are disappearing. She's not seen any young children. It's very suspicious. And then she ends up like, basically, oh, I forgot. So Reagan like has like healing magic. She's got like singing magic, but then she can also communicate with the dead. And actually, you know, she did end up resurrecting someone. So basically she's been tasked by Mother Tyra. Mother Tyra. I'm sorry. I'm saying it with a D because it's spelled that way in the book. So she's tasked by Tyra to like speak to um, the founder whose name I've literally forgotten. Um, uh, why do I want to call her Brenna? I don't remember. Yeah, it started with a B, but whatever the heck her name was. And so basically she ends up revealing or like finding out that the rune that like Musa says, like the rune that I had you carve into your body is like basically like you can transfer power and magic between people who both have it, you know? And so she, Musa is dead. She died like 200 years ago when she discovered these runes and the elder that uh, was supposed to help Reagan learn how to read was the one who killed her. So they end up finding out that these elders, the other thing that's suspicious is that these elders have been alive for hundreds of years, but they still look like they're 25, but like a really haggard looking 25. Like there's, it's like a 25, but they look like they're 100. I don't know if that makes sense. It, like, they look like they're 25, but they look like they could also be 100. I don't know. So, anyways, they find out that the, held, the elders have been taking the... Okay, so then I told you about the two kinds of gods, the veneer and the Asir. So, they've been killing all of the young children of the one kind, I think the Asir, and absorbing their magic so they can stay young and live forever, as well as many of the Bondi, which is why they're disappearing, which is very not good. And so... Reagan's like finally is able to get into the tomb and she's like learning some of these different things and the founder speaks to her and was like you find out that the founder never wanted any of this to happen and she didn't trust these elders and people like that and then Reagan goes in there and she like learns another like rune and then she's like walking through and she finds Liv and Asger Elder like in this tunnel they had somehow made it through so she brings them back and we find out that Liv is actually Tyra's daughter which is so crazy or hiding as she's now like is called at this point in the book so then they're like trying to figure it out anyways Eric's been captured he's like one of the elders shows up and carves the rune into his body and is like wow he's got like he's descended from the gods I'm gonna kill him and then like absorb all his power but so then he, basically Eric starts fighting and like every time because he has the rune carved into him every time he kills somebody to like try and escape um, he becomes more powerful because he's taking their magic, which he doesn't know that's what's happening. Anyways, then Tyra shows up and is like, what the heck? So they put him on, I don't know if they put him on trial or whatever, but anyways, Tyra does her evil brainwashing and she basically can like gets Eric to kill all of the elders and then sends her in. There's this other woman I didn't talk about who's like an, not in, she's called like Canary. I don't really know what that means. Her name is Ama. And um, she was also like alive at the time. And basically Tyra's like kill her also. And then Amma's like drinks this like uh, cherry scented wine. And it's like don't drink anything that smells like cherries because it's poison. And that is how Thurston was killed originally. So we know that um, Tyra was trying to kill Amma at the beginning. 
all of this different stuff. You'll have to read it to get more information because it's it's a 500 page plot heavy setting up everything that's going to happen in the next few books sort of thing. So anyways, Eric's mind is like all like confused because he's been brainwashed, but then Alma's like trying to help him out. So she ends up dying and he's trying to escape, still trying to find his sister and whatever and like leave. But then um, he gets knocked out and then he's like at the end, he's like basically unconscious and like delusional basically and like locked up in jail. Reagan shows up and Tyra's like, this man killed everybody but Liv stops this execution because she's like this is my brother you won't do it and then she reveals like hey I'm your daughter don't you remember me and she's like oh my god what and then Tyra's like we're gonna go invade the mainland because they are attacking us that's like Eric he was coming to attack us which is not true and so she's like basically gonna go kill she wants to go kill everybody there and become like the queen of the world and I'm going to stop myself there. Now, was that a perfect plot summary? No. Was that a long plot summary? Yes. And so that is why I shall end here. And if you want it to make more sense, you'll just have to read the book yourself. So let's, oops, I just hit my little cage. Um, let's get into the discussion section. Okay, I think where we're going to start is with book two predictions because we just left off with the end. And so it just is feels very natural for me to guess what I think is going to happen in the next book and just kind of overarchingly in the series. I do think there is going to be some sort of war between the spinners or the magic wielders and the normal people, the non-magic holders on Muckleholm. I'm not positive of that, but I feel pretty confident that they probably will sail to try and attack them. I th I am curious as to if we're going to see the three sort of main characters, Eric, Reagan, and then Liv slash Hayden sort of having a breaking apart moment because Hayden feels like very strongly aligned with Tyra here at the end of the book, except for the fact that she is trying to still protect her brother Eric from, you know, being executed. Whereas Reagan is feeling a lot more... Um, skeptical of Tyra at the end based on everything that she's learned and obviously me as a reader is very skeptical of Tyra because she is I don't know if I want to say evil but she's definitely the antagonist and so I guess it is kind of evil to you know kill children and non-magic users just so you can live forever so you know what yeah actually yeah shady and I will talk about the sus nature of the Grove and how I knew it was not some sort of utopia safe haven in a little bit. So anyways, I do think that some sort of like big war fight scene sort of vibe is going to happen. Now, whether that happens in the next book or future ones in the series will remain to be seen. I do think Liv slash Hayden is going to like be working with Tyra, whereas I'm hoping, I'm, I'm thinking Eric will probably wake up within the first like 40 pages of the second book and live or not live Reagan is going to be healing him now the question is at what point does he regain his memories and can explain what happened because I have to assume he's able to regain them at some point and him and Reagan are going to work together to try and stop basically you know the magic users overtaking the world and also stop them from you know, killing young children in Bondi or servants so that they can live forever and all this different stuff. Like, I don't feel bad that the elders all died because they were also evil and suspicious and shady. However, the whole place 
it's not living up the mission it was set to do. And so I think by the end of the series, we are going to see sort of that come around. I do think other gods are going to like pop up and appear. I think there's a really good chance that Reagan ends up being some sort of goddess because basically, I didn't explain this in the plot summary, but the um, elders have these necklaces that light up either blue or red based on what kind of magic you have. If you're an Asira veneer, like descendant slash magic wielder or whatever and so that's how they were deciding basically who to kill they were like keeping the blue and killing the red and eric shows up and has an intense red so i think eric is like a demi 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 god so like you know he's descendant from the god so i don't know if he ends up like i think he is going to have to choose between a side at some point it's everything is pushing him towards being a like warrior However, I think it'll be interesting to see him using some of the other side of his, like, genealogy as well. Don't know what I'm saying. I think, but Reagan, when they have the necklace, hers shows up as amber, like this gold color. And so that's very different. So I think there's a good chance that she is something different. I think Tove, her adopted mother, was actually a goddess, like, helping her out. But I don't know why she would sell her to a fire demon uh, can we trust the fire demon, Asgore Elder? So I don't think I mentioned this, but at the end of the book, we find out that he's pledged himself to live or hide in because she's promised to like bring back all the nine worlds so he can finally go back to his fire realm because um, he talks about how he's a refugee and this and that. I'm like, okay, well, refugees don't have slaves and um, steal people's magic and like live in health from them, okay? So he's like bad, but I'm curious to see if he gets either sort of redeemed or if he becomes like a true like part of the team in a way he becomes trustworthy. He also has some sort of like back deal like agreement going on with the Jarl who funded Eric's like free, free, freement. What am I saying? I don't know, but you know what I'm talking about. That guy's definitely going to come up again and he's probably going to be leading the other side of the war. I think it'll be interesting to see if it's like Reagan and Eric end up on opposite sides or what. I don't know. I guess we'll see what um, is to come with that. So let's talk about the suspicious nature of the Grove since I kind of hinted at it right here. Um, I didn't trust the Grove from the get-go, especially I was in my room reading the book and when... Um, Tyra was like, okay, I'm going to use my mind magic on you. I was like, do not accept that. She's like, I'm going to erase the memories of your past. What? What? I literally was in my room being like, this is brainwashing, like screaming it out loud. Who knows? Maybe my roommates could have heard me when I was doing that. But I was so frustrated. And I mean, anything that starts out with we brainwash everybody when they're younger, you know that's not good. And even before that, when Reagan's meeting the elders she's like huh they all look really young to be elders except they all also f like are old I don't like I can't explain it very well but the but the book does a good job of like m making that explanation that they look 25 but that they feel like they're over 100 I don't know and so like there's just no way for me to trust that like, when you tell me these elders look like they're 25, but also, like, they're 200, and we find out that they're actually hundreds and hundreds of years old, obviously, they're not very trustworthy. Then Reagan, like, is like, oh, can I see the younger children? Or, oh, like, the, uh, there's this, um, young, this Bondi, like, this young girl who almost died, but she is, like, now in the, um, 
like hospital area and she disappears and she's like well why did she disappear and it was like um they were trying to protect her so that the elders couldn't kill her suspicious like then we're also seeing one of the bondi whose name i can't remember she was like the head cook and she was friends with one of the other magic wielders at the school and they played music together and reagan like is a a flute player so she'll play music with them as well and we're seeing from this like cook woman I say woman she's also like the same age that she doesn't trust the elders she doesn't trust Tyra like all this different stuff and that's how we're finding out that Bondi are disappearing okay that's suspicious um and then you also find out that there's been less and less magic um users as time has gone by why is that I don't know probably because you're killing a bunch of them and the magic we don't want that I don't know, all very sus, but I knew almost immediately from Reagan showing up that we actually could not trust the Grove, and I ended up being correct. Um, let's see. I want to talk a little bit about the similarities to Chima's other books here, um, mainly the Seven Realms series, because they are framed kind of similarly, where you have a main male and a male, f- main male and main female character, and so, like, in the Demon King, Demon King, you have the two main characters and they meet at one point in the book and but most of the book they are living it out separately you know they don't really interact very much and that's the same sort of framing that's going on in this book as well except that you have them meeting much earlier in the book oh i guess also a prediction is that at some point reagan and eric are going to enter into a romantic relationship however i'm not sure when that would happen but I do think that will happen because they did kiss when they met um originally so you know very fun stuff but anyways um so that was kind of similar um however like the characteristics of the characters are different and obviously like the the plot is different I feel like I thought of some other things that were similar um when I was reading it but you know now the pressure's on I'm sitting here and I'm having some difficulty remembering what those things were i don't know i guess fire um there's a lot of fires that happened in all these different book series um so i guess we're going to move on from that because i can't remember what else i was going to say which is very upsetting this is what happens when you record almost a week after you finish the book and it's so plot heavy like this one was um so i guess also I touched on this a little bit, but with Liv slash Hayden, is she a goddess, first of all? Because the question here is then, because we know that she's the daughter of Eric's dad and Tyra, right? Who are both just like normal people, although potentially, like Tyra also came from Mucklehome when she was younger, or like older, like not like a little child, but probably around Reagan's age as well. So we've got that, and then you have Eric's dad, who we know is also descended from the gods as well, because Eric is. So, like, they both could potentially be, like, demigods of some sort, but, like, I don't think either of them were, like, true gods. So then, how does their daughter become the reincarnation, I guess, of one of the gods? Um, of Haydn, right? Of, I guess, a goddess, but I don't know. So then, I guess my question is, could all of the gods be reborn? And I think the answer to that is yes, which is why I think Reagan could be a goddess. Now, which one she could be, I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with Norse mythology to make any sort of guesses as to who she could be. 
Really, what I know about Norse mythology is mostly coming from the Magnus Chase series by Rick Riordan. Some of what I picked up here. And then, I mean, I guess I've seen some Marvel movies with Thor in them. And I guess I've seen Thor 1 and Thor 4. Not 2 and 3. Well, actually, maybe I have seen 2. But not the third, not the one that's actually called Ragnarok. That might actually be helpful for me um, in understanding this book. I didn't read that one. So anyways, I don't know enough about Norse mythology to make any guesses as to which one she could potentially be. But I think there's a good possibility that Regan could be a goddess. Um, and that Eric could maybe also be a god, but like, uh, or like just being descended by him, he could like take up the mantle. I don't know. I do think Liv slash Hyden is actually Hyden. How that happened, I don't know. I'm assuming at some point in the book series it gets explained. But also, can we trust her? Because she obviously has her own agenda. And it's like pretty clear as you're reading the book that she does have her own agenda once she leaves home. While she's there, she's just trying to protect her brother and then her younger brother as well later on. And um, yeah, she does practice magic, but like basically like she's not looking to like reclaim her title until she leaves and goes back. So I think by the end of the series, she's on the same side as them, but I do think there's a really good chance that they end up on opposite sides at some point, although I'm not sure exactly how that will play out. And um, I guess the last thing I want to talk about is kind of the pacing of this. Oh, that was the other similarity. Okay, so as I've like, I've reread the Seven Realms series probably at least three times. And as I've, well, I guess probably more because I probably reread the first book every time. Like I reread the books every time I got a new one. So I don't know, whatever. But like now the series is complete. And the last time that I reread it, I remember reading the first one and thinking like, not that much happens in this book because there's a lot, like when I think about that series as a whole in the first book, there's a lot of world building explanation and like building up to kind of the launching off point, which is also similar to this book. And um, that there's a lot of like explanations and world building going on in this book and getting characters where they need to be and us learning things that are going to become important later on. So it's not that things weren't happening, but when you hit the last 150 pages, like once Eric washes up on the shore and Reagan is starting to unravel all the secrets, things really pick up. They get faster. There's the twist. It's fast paced. And that last section of the book is so much. I don't want to say the first part's bad, but the last part is the best part because there's so much action and the stakes. You can finally like feel them and like you also don't know what's going to happen. For the first 150 to 200 pages, we're still like seeing stuff happen that's explained in the plot summary on the like book flap. I can't say back of the book because it's a hardcover, so there's not a plot summary on the back. There's really not that much on the back at all. Interesting. Anyways, so that was also similarity. So if you're thinking that you're going to go into this book and it's going to be super fast paced the whole time, that is not the case. I think this is probably something that happens with a lot of first books in fantasy series. Um, I don't know though, but I still liked it a lot and I'm excited to read future books in the series. So with that, let's launch ourselves into the outro section. Please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast too if you're able. It would mean a lot. It would help other people find my podcast and I would love you forever. 
Also, feel free to follow me on Instagram at I read a book once blog. I am not currently posting on the Instagram, but you could DM me there and I would respond if you want to talk about this book, this episode, or this podcast. You could also email me at I read a book once blog at gmail.com and we could chat that way as well. So next week, I will be talking about Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute by Talia Hibbert, which is a contemporary YA novel that I've actually already finished and read and I'm getting ready to record about after this. Um, I'm not going to spoil my thoughts and opinions on that. You're going to have to listen for the next one. So with that, my name is Emma. This was I Read a Book Once and I'll catch you guys next time.